Pick the Nintendo Shack and pray. Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening says, yo. And welcome back to the Nintendo Shack. My name is Donnie Reese, and I'll be hosting this episode as dear Rebecca is out there living her best Swifty life. Um, I'm wondering if she's even coherent at the moment. Who knows? Uh, she might just be in a field. I don't, I don't know how the Swift things go, but uh, judging by the TikToks and stuff, it, it's pretty crazy, rowdy crowd. Um, so I'm joined this morning by my pal over at GameSpeed, Mike Beefy Boy Minotti. What's up, Mike? Hey, oh, I am doing pretty good. Yeah, Rebecca's probably in a daze. She's got what a Taylor Swift concert in Tears of the Kingdom in one yeah. weekend. I don't know if she's surviving that. What an overload. Like, <laughs> we've been talking about it for about a month. I'm like, how how do you ever like is this just like her weekend of like of her life? You know, yeah, like at the it. end is, is this what she's looking back on? She's like that one weekend I had. I think she's just gonna spontaneously combust at the end of it. It's too much. Okay, um, I, I, I got. I do have a man. I, I'm not a giant Taylor Swift or anything, but I've had that. Uh, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Song stuck in my head. So there you go. That one's for you, Rebecca. <laughs> um, John Thirty Two says, "I'll take Mike and Donnie over T Swift." Thank you. You, you, you probably one of the few, but I mean, at least you're here with us. Oh, well, we are prettier at least. So not that um, for everything, but how's the how's the how's the switch to mornings? Mornings. Mor- <laughs> I hate mornings. I am the most. <laughs> you saw I got here on the last possible second, maybe even a little bit after that. I am. You can ask Jeff. You can ask anybody. I mean, that's why it's so good that I work for this West Coast company. Uh, so nobody can like I like no one expects me to be up before yeah. 10 on my time. And even they then, get up and you're like, I've been up. <laughs> right. My brothers give me so much crap because, you know, they have kids. So they're like up at like six. And I'll be like, you know, on a weekend, I'll be like, ah, it's one o'clock. I'll wake up. Then I'm like, with you. Yeah. One time I woke up like at that time and met my brother for lunch. And I just I sat there. I was like, oh, what a day. He's like, you just got up. <laughs> like, I've been up till six chasing kids around. I'm like, oh, so, yeah, you know, life's pretty hard. I am the same way. Yeah, it was a it was a sacrifice when I came back to Shaq because because of the Sunday morning time. But it was like the only time like typically my my wife takes the kids to church and stuff. So it was like the one other window a week where I, I really had open, but uh, I'm with you. I barely, I barely rolled out of bed most weekends, but anyway, enough pillow talk. Uh, we're going to talk about tears of the kingdom. We have a brand new Zelda game that has released. And uh, before I get your initial opening impressions, you know, I was getting all nostalgic and poetic about Zelda on Facebook this week. As I went through my catalog and I just pulled out a bunch of pictures of me or me with the kids playing Zelda games. And I just want to take a minute because, you know, like we really only get a big mainline Zelda game, usually like one a console, maybe like one and a half, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I almost feel like I can almost count the years, you know, like I can, like there are eras of my life where I was depending on what Zelda game I was playing. You know, I think some, some people, I think they do them in uh, consoles you know, our, our, our school years or relationships or Christmases. I almost feel like I count mine and I count the years away in Zelda games. 
Yeah, it's even. I, I kind of feel even closer to that. I, the first Zelda, I think, came out in 1986, maybe 87, but I think it's 86. I was born in 86. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of feel like I've been growing up along with this franchise. Uh, and especially now that we don't have kind of like that portable team doing their own thing, it really is. Yeah, it's only every six, seven, maybe eight years now we're going to get a new one. I had the slightly morbid thought of like, hmm, I wonder how many more Zeldas are going to come out before I die. And it's like, <laughs> what do you think about it? The answer is only like, four, three, <laughs> like, maybe. And I'm optimist is like, oh, that's weird. Uh, but I'm like, all oh, right. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I should enjoy these things while they're still happening. But it is, it is fun. It is kind of yeah, crazy, especially games taking longer to make than ever. You really do appreciate these things when they happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, we, when Breath of the Wild released six years ago, we we had started PSVG maybe a year before uh, coming off the Wii U. And I have like videos of me and the kids opening up all of the controllers and Amiibo and everything. And geez, my, my daughter is 16 going on 40. And the video, she looks like she's like seven. <laughs> she's so young. It's just like, wow. <laughs> what a what a different era. What a different time. So, yeah, uh, you know, out, folks out there, Shackers, enjoy it. You know, it only comes around every so often. You know, you only get to be there on day one every so often. Like, so don't rush through it. Like, enjoy it. Really take your time with it and get everything you can out of Tears of the Kingdom. Because, yeah, as Mike said, who knows how many we all have left. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I get not to be morbid. It's just an interesting oh. thought. Like, ah, I never thought about it like that. So I've played it for, um, I played it Friday for maybe... I want to say five hours, and then I played maybe all day yesterday. Okay. How are you doing with it so far? Yeah, you're probably further than me. I played a couple hours after I got it on Friday, and then yesterday I had a I had a kid's birthday party go to a niece, so that broke up the day for a while there. But I still probably got to play like six, maybe seven, generously hours yesterday. So thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. You know, I'm I'm there. What do you think? I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think it's um, super fun. I love that it it like it basically kind of reminds me of the incredible machine that edutainment game I played as a kid in the computer, uh, like the computer class, where it was like here's here's the tools to make simple machines and solve puzzles with them. Especially whenever I go inside one of these shrines, like that's yeah. the vibe I'm getting. Right, like those are the kind of puzzles. A lot of them are literally like here's like the components. Now build a thing that's going to help you solve this puzzle. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was thinking I was in a shrine last night and I, I when I walked in and I just I surveyed the room, the thought that I had in my head, I was like, what is it? Just a connect set? Like, <laughs> like, here's, just like, here's a pile of shit. Like, go figure it out. Like, that's exactly how I felt. I was just like, I just opened a box of Lego or whatever. Right. And it's just so cool how just giving you this different set of abilities is like, even though like the game looks the same the kind of physics are the same and you have a lot of that same map but you know it's instead of uh you know magnet and uh kinesis or whatever and bomb like having this ultra hand as kind of your main tool of building things putting them together it just makes the way you interact with the world completely different and it is fun seeing like the little uh kind of changes here and there like i'm still kind of in the middle of the rito quest and in the whole thing happening there is that it's all snowy right so i'm sure I'm, we're figuring out what's going on there but yeah it's, it's everything's different and it is fun as a pure sequel 
to kind of see what's going on with some of these characters that you remember. And they remember you. It's 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 kind of refreshing playing a Zelda game where you're walking around and everyone's like, oh, it's Link. You're a hero. And not just being treated like a nobody. That's yeah, that's spot on. I was um I've got a I've got a Yiga mask and I just think it looks cool. So I've been running around with this Yiga mask. And I talked to a character that in Breath of the Wild you interact with and the Yiga clan. And he legit like freaks out. He's like, Oh my God, what are you doing here? And then he's like, is that you link? Why are you wearing this terrible mask? And <laughs> that was like a, a story building interaction that I don't think I ever expected. Like I would never have anticipated Nintendo to have gone through that you know, in the sequel, like just in my Zelda history, like me changing masks would have completely changed the dialogue with this character, like this NPC. I wouldn't have expected that from them. Um, it's, it's deep when you're like, it's, it's very familiar, you know, to Breath of the Wild, like sort of, I guess. But, you know, for anybody out there that's thinking that it's like more Breath of the Wild, like I feel like that would be a stretch because it's very different. Um, even just like the landmarks are the same. Like, you know, generally where things are, but like none of it's the same. Or at least yeah. none of the I've seen. Everywhere I've gone, it's completely reconfigured, redone, you know, changed somewhere else. So, um, yeah, it's 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 new. It's it's very novel in that way where, like I'm I may know where Kakariko or Hateno are, but what's there and what's around them? Like I have it's like I'm walking around feeling like I've never been there before. I'm like this is all new to me. So that discovery feeling that I think made Breath of the Wild um, so magical the first time is still there. Right, and I think there's something actually fun about kind of knowing where these landmarks are and sort of knowing where you could go potentially to see something fun, but then like. You know, beyond that, uh, all this stuff in the sky, like there's a ton up there and that's all completely new. And now all this stuff underground also, which yeah. I wasn't expecting. And this is this, this whole other thing down there. I'm like, oh, wow. There's I mean, if we thought we thought Breath of the Wild was a big game and this <sighs> game is just significantly bigger than that. And just thinking about the scope of it, you know, it did kind of remind me of Elden Ring because Elden Ring was the same thing where I was like, man, this game's huge. Then, like, you go underground for the first time. You're like, what? This is, oh, it's much, much bigger than I thought. And so that moment just keeps happening here. It's really exciting. I, I'm definitely having that. I'm having that issue where, um, so what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm, I have, like, stopped doing the story. And I'm starting to focus on, on unlocking shrines and towers. Because I want right. to be able to move around quicker and be a little stronger before I get started. Yeah. And what I realized last night. <laughs> is this is very breath of the wild and I should have expected this, but you know, like, I feel like I know my, I know breath of the wild. Like I know where I'm going. I know how to get there. I know the glider. Like, so it feels different. I'm a seasoned breath of the wild player, but here I am on the top of this mountain cliff looking off into the horizon, like putting markers on towers out there. And I'm like, all right, I'll just like, I'll just go unlock that tower. It'll take me like 20 minutes and then I'll put it down. And then like two hours later, I finally arrive because one, it's so much further than I think it is like just because I can see it. It takes so much longer to get there. And then two on the way there, I found two shrines and a dragon and this other thing. And then I was in a cave and then I forgot what I was doing and I had to get back into the sky to get back on my original path. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely huge. And you I haven't even got really into like the chasms like I did like a couple missions. Because I just Dang. dropped down there and it just seems so I'm like, I don't have look, I there's only so much I can do 
in a in a play session and i don't have time for this right now like i i almost feel like um i'm building an itinerary like all right here's what needs to get done first like let's mm-hmm. prioritize because if i just if i just start going off at every random thing that like has a shiny sound effect like i'm never gonna make any progress i'm just gonna keep going off and doing different little side quests right and it is interesting how there's there seems to be more kind of big boy side quests in this game or like maybe like maybe even really main quests aside from just the go to these four points of interest you, you oh discover yeah this whole thing going on underground and you kind of then you discover these sort of crop circle thing and that's this other thing that you are going to be doing throughout the game so it, you know and, and the way i like to play uh this and the way i play breath of the wild is that i generally am kind of going where the game's sort of nudging me to but i just allow myself to kind of get distracted along the way or hit up yeah. any possible shrine i'll see along the way or eventually there'll be some kind of roadblock like um you know eventually i was trying to do a main quest and it was too cold and i knew the shop had you know gear to fight that but it was very expensive so i had to kind of go walk around for a while and just start exploring some old areas see where i can maybe earn some money uh just kind of find things here or there and yeah that stuff's fantastic because it's that is the old thing with breath of the wild is you go anywhere you're going to find something and you could find this incredible reward you weren't expecting yeah you know it's rubies seem to be at a premium so far yeah yeah i think the uh the trick of kind of um cooking actually and selling off your meals seems to be the best thing for me and the game is also i think nudging you a bit to go explore a lot of these new caves and stuff and yeah. to look for precious gems and to sell those but yeah yeah and especially at first i was like man i don't have too much rubies that's like the first time i even got any was when i helped that guy prop his sign up which is this other fun little kind of continuing mini quest i'm thing. digging those i love I'm that digging yeah. those a lot those are a lot of fun he gave me like 20 rubies which in zelda used to be nothing but this time i was like thank you <laughs> I actually need those yeah, um i i i love doing the is it hudson i think they're hudson puzzles yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this guy's working for for Hudson. Oh, and then there's like this whole thing too with like a newspaper, and you know, as 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 an old as an old and current journalist boy, I love the fact that there's this kind of like news this Hyrule newspaper that I have journalism help out. Yeah, we're doing Zelda journalism now for reals. This is great, and it's also uh like there's the one Rito that works for them, and he just has this awesome design. Like he looks he looks almost kind of like more like a seagull than uh, the other bird people it's great i love him nice um i've got a bunch of pros and cons and things that i want to talk about at least with our initial impressions uh listeners we're not going to do like any story spoilers or anything like that I and mean, we just i mean it just came out so we're not today isn't that day um but honestly i think i'm going to switch it up a bit and i think the best way to maybe tackle this is to tackle the questions because oh, the good. shack listeners came in hot and heavy for a new zelda game we have 17 questions that got submitted to us so Let's go through these and see what comes out of it. And then from there, we can take it wherever else. If you have any additional thoughts. Sound good, Mike? Yeah, it's, it's fun because it is going to be fun to talk. Like when you say cons, it's it's really for me more nitpicks. And like I have there's these little things here and there that I can nitpick. But, I, you know, even up front, I want to be like, it is mostly just, boy, am I having a good time and I'm very happy and very excited. But I would are, agree with it, that. It's also yeah, I would wholeheartedly thing. agree with that. There's a lot of reasons thing, that this game is so great. But there are things that I pick up along the way and see, and I'll bring them up at some point. Uh, first question comes in from Kate in honor of Zelda hearts or stamina. 
Uh, it's you gotta go hearts, I think, for a little bit at least before you let yourself have a stamina treat because, um, you know, things things can hit pretty hard there, and it might be a little bit until you get some better armor that gives you some defense, especially you know, this game. There's so many other creative ways to maybe trek long distances, it's a little hard to justify stamina right away. I, I, I'm wow. on a point now where I'm pep, I just only I think I've gotten four. Maybe five hard upgrades now and one stamina upgrade at this point. I'm the opposite. So what a great question, Kate. Um, I have fully upgraded a second stamina wheel because wow. I feel like I can't go or do anything at any brisk pace. <laughs> I can't glide very far. I can't climb very far. I can't run away. And running helps a lot in combat, like being able to put some yeah. distance between you. Um, so it was, I got started and you're right. People can hit and like I... I think they've done a really good job with the balance. They are doing the sequel thing where you lose your powers, but because of the new abilities and like you have a decent amount, I think of like weapon um, inventory slots and stuff like they didn't re they didn't cut you, you know, completely off of the kneecaps. Like if you've got a few hearts, you've got some stamina, you can carry, I don't know, like eight, 10 weapons at the start, you know, five shields, five bow. Like, I feel like there's a good balance there, but at the same time, having played breath of the wild, for so many years, I just felt under, I was like, this isn't going up. This isn't good enough. So I think, uh, I think what helped me was I did that Hyrule hustle race over on Giant Bomb where me and Jeff Grubb started on the northwest corner of the map and raced to the southeast corner of the map. So I picked up, I, that was like my training. That was my Rocky montage. I've learned how to uh, min-max a uh, non-upgraded paraglider from that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I and I've been living off of temporary hearts. You know, you can throw it around a, a couple hearty dishes or whatnot, and you can get yourself yeah. five, six extra extra hearts to get started. And uh I think what I like to do, what I did in the first game, I think I'm basically replicating is I wanted to get a second stamina wheel and basically double your hearts. And then I feel like now you're ready to like really dive into a significant amount of story. You know, you get yourself seven or eight hearts and extra stamina wheel now you're capable capable of doing things you can withstand a couple of hits before you die <laughs> right because it is fun to get yourself in that position where if you do see something like one of those kind of world bosses running around you you want to be in a position where you do feel comfortable going to get them and not just running away from a line no and, and, and like i have been doing that for the most part already if i see a really big guy or you know you i take I on the the flux, the the big black no, dude from the trailer. <laughs> no, I think I, I did. landed on his island. I was like, yeah, didn't go mind. well. <laughs> didn't go well. Yeah, I was like, I this seems like a trap. I don't think this is gonna go well. Maybe Smart. someday I'll come back here when I'm a big boy. But right now, no, thank you. I got him about halfway. Like it's doable, and I'm not very good at like it, just general combat. When I see people and when I see the the videos that come out and what people can do with combat, I'm not very good at. It. But I got him about halfway. And then I did get hit, and that's all it took was one hit. Right. And I was like, exactly. well, <laughs> yeah, I even I'll come back another day. Where I noticed one of those three-headed dragon things from the trailer from Zelda 1. I was like, nah, I bet that's not happening yet. I just kept on gliding. <laughs> I saw them too. Um, Dan says, what's the appropriate way to lick the new Zelda cartridge? Well, you got to buy it dinner first. So you got to, you know. Yeah, you gotta you have to lean in. Uh, you gotta get consent. Uh, that's very important. Then, then once I say yes, you just kind of have to go for it. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's <laughs> Day. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm. I'm just. Just the whole thing. Do Do they still do the 
Uh, the other thing I was going to ask, do they still do the cartridge taste thing? Is that still Look, thing? I don't know. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Well, I mean, this is so I actually went to a midnight launch at a GameStop to get Tears of the Kingdom because my brother wanted to. So one, first time I've done that in a while. But the first time I've bought a physical Switch game in a very long time. Also, I've, I've gone pretty much all digital for a very long time now. Like one of the other few physical Switch games I have is Breath of the Wild. So it is kind of fun to have those two cases. But uh, yeah, I have not licked a, a Nintendo cartridge, Nintendo Switch cartridge. Uh, no, any Nintendo cartridge. I haven't licked any of those ever. Probably not about to start. Yeah. So I say you you got to be gentle. Got to be gentle. Yeah. Just the just the tip of your tongue. Light strokes, <laughs> maybe alphabet. You know that seems to work. Wow. <laughs> I can't see. Says, do you think Tears of the Kingdom is more engaging than Breath of the Wild? Like there are things that make you think and or want to explore. I mean, Breath of the Wild was also super engaging. Uh, they're kind of just engaging in different ways. And it's, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild, like, a lot of that physics stuff was so new. You would think about that, right? Like, you were thinking so much about, like, ooh, if I put a metal sword here and it's storming, I'm going to get a lightning bolt to strike it. You're thinking about a lot of that stuff. And here you really are thinking, in, like, a lot of that stuff almost kind of tied into combat and things like this. Um, and here I really am thinking about the building. And what can I do? Like, there's a part pretty early on where it just wasn't clear how to get up a little sort of last bit of a mountain. There's just a bunch of logs around. So I was like, I, I made like a rudimentary like tower stair thing and just kind of got up there. I was like, OK, that works. And even encourage you early on too, to start thinking outside the box. Like first, there's this very simple mine cart and a rail and that works. And then there's like one where part of the rail system is broken. Well, what are you going to do there? And I've seen, you know, like it seems like what it really wants you to do is just attach a hook to it and then get across that way. I've seen some people combine a bunch of them, those rails, to make sort of a roller coaster that eventually connects anyways because it's so long. And I've seen some people just uh, actually just walk across the rail very slowly and carefully, and that works. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I could walk across just on my own. I have a hard time just walking across like a log. (laughs) It looks uh, terrifying, but it works. I've used some of your one exploit that I'm kind of doing um, often is I'll use the ultra hand to lift up a, a log or a platform or something as high as I can, maybe off of a cliff and then I'll drop it and then I'll use rewind on it and then I'll jump on it and it'll lift me up and give me a place to plat- to jump off of to glide. Oh man. I wasn't even really thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like I, I'm almost, I feel like I'm almost using ultra hand too much and not thinking about rewind enough yet or sometimes like sometimes i'll be in a place where i don't know where to go and i'll forget that i have that thing where i can go through the roof and i was like oh right yes I yeah send that yeah That's rewind that. is is a sneaky sneaky good like traversal system because right. there's all kinds of stuff around you that you can lift so if you get stuck somewhere where you can't get across a river or you can't get up a wall you can like uh one of the first towers that i think mo- that's on the path there's like a tower, right? And it's surrounded by water. It's a moat and you got to figure out how to yes. get over to it. That's I saw. And I've seen people use, I've seen people build like ships and I've seen people fly. Like I literally just lifted a log, got on top of it and jumped off and then climbed. Wow. Up the thing. <laughs> See, I, I like that. I, I noticed like a lot of people are almost kind of having fun over engineering on purpose. Right. Like, and I'm uh, wondering if do the systems and the materials just make people, I think that's like they're baiting you into it because the the one video I saw of somebody unlocking that tower, like they built like basically like a plane. And I was like, this is just not necessary. <laughs> like, this right. is a lot. 
and I think they know that, but I think it's just fun for them to like see how ridiculous it can get. But I'm like, I'm I think I'm more like you. I want to find the simplest solution and then see if that works before I, you know, go and build a giant dick monster that can walk and shoot <laughs> missiles. I'm here for the shenanigans that people are doing with it. But yeah. the, the building, I'm I'm still torn on it. The building I was I was torn on like coming into it. Like I don't want to sit there and build a stuff. And at times in certain shrines and some of the things that I've had to build already, I, at times I felt frustrated because um, I was just like, this is a lot. I don't, I don't want to be constantly doing this. Um, but I, I think I'm actually coming around on it because it is very inventive and it's just a really neat way of interacting with the game. And more so than anything, which is really just kind of Zelda's, I think it's like it's, its best features it's just really really refined like you can just tell that nintendo has just been testing this game forever like when we see so many games that have bugs or systems that don't work or you can exploit and then it's like with these systems being so interactive with so many different things around you and it's like yeah it just always works like you can just do like can you do that can i put a rail car on a shield and use a skateboard yeah you can like you can just you can do it um, and even though the building isn't necessarily like what I think I want to be doing in a Zelda game, it's very impressive to see how inventive people are and just that Nintendo has allowed like this chaos to happen and that it always works. Like the game doesn't break. It doesn't crash. Like nothing happens. Like I've yet to see somebody be like, I wanted to do this and I couldn't like, it's, it's all there for you. No. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I, I'm kind of like here for the building. I'm fun. Like I said, it sort of it reminds me of some of these edgy tape games I played as a kid, but like, yeah, that, I mean, that is a large portion of the game. So if I could almost see if a person like isn't into that, maybe that's a bit of a bummer, especially the shrines again, like the, so much of the shrines are, you got to build something to solve this puzzle. Yeah. And the shrines are typically what I'm thinking of. And that's, it's probably one of my cons is I like, I like the building. I think just the aspect of building itself, like the, the the system, the theory of building is is good. Maybe the the execution, like with the controls, like the game, the player mechanics. I feel like when I'm when I'm playing this game compared to Breath of the Wild, I feel like I'm because every time you build or change your abilities, like you're basically like pausing the game, right? You're hitting a menu and switching sure. around. I feel like I'm doing that way more than I did in Breath of the Wild, and it's just a bit. It's a little clunky. Um, I have whistled when I wanted to fuse. I have ultra hand when I wanted to rewind. Like I'm, I'm still getting used to it. Like it's the first weekend. I'm not kill. It just, it feels like a lot. I'm constantly hold LB, do something, hold LB. You know, like I wish that maybe they had let us map them to like the D pad or. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of a whole nother thing here is that there's still very little in the way of in-game options. There is no, special button remapping which is sort of a weird thing at this point in the game there aren't much in the way of special options in general like i went to the options menu you see was there i mean you can't even turn off uh subtitles if you wanted to and things like that so that's just kind of some weird classic nintendo stuff uh but yeah i, I kind of hear you i've been kidding like i had this early frustration at first where when you're turning objects you don't get to freely turn them it all happens at like 45 degree angle yeah like a weird axis so you gotta like right. turn it to that, face you to lift it up to then turn it and, yeah. right and that was annoying me at first i basically am already sort of over it and used to how this game kind of wants me to turn things but yeah little things like that 
Yeah. And like you with ultra hand to piggyback what you're saying, there's been several times where I wanted to build things that were, that maybe the group of items were close to each other. So I'd put it next to the thing that I wanted to build. And then it would like ultra hand itself to the other thing that was nearby. I've had that happen a couple of times, but when you're in these, when I'm in the shrines and which one, I'm just so happy that they're back. I know there was all this talk about dungeons. We didn't know if there was, I'm so happy the shrines are back. I love the shrine and grind. Like it is addictive to me now, just like it was then. And I'm, I'm just so happy to hear, but when I'm in them, especially the ones where I'm swapping between abilities and I'm using two or three of them at a time. That's where I wish like, so like on the radio wheel, they added the map. There's like a map quick cut to the radio wheel. Like I wish that was, I wish the whistle was there. And then on your down D pad, I wish it was like your last usability. So like you could basically have two quick mapped at any time. So if I hit ultra hand and then I hit, rewind ultra hand would be on the down button so i can then quickly go back to the down button without having to hit it and hold it again and keep like i just feel like i'm doing that a lot yeah that's fair yeah it's just a little little different it changes how i'm playing with it um my answer though it was fun i uh, can't see is i do think tears of the kingdom is more engaging just because it's it's denser it's bigger there's just way more to do in the world i think the caves add a lot the shrines are better Mike mentioned the side path, the side quests. There are a lot of them. They're good. There's a lot of things like yelling you for your attention as you're on your way to your waypoint. Um, but I think more so than breath of the wild. Yeah. Shiv goes, um, <laughs> we should have saved this one. Donnie had concerns about the mandatory building aspects in tears of the kingdom. It's more than I expected for sure. How do you feel about it after some time with the game? Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, you kind of kind of did that, that one. I would just say is, as much as I have like some nitpicks over it, I think I'm here for it. It's fun seeing the things breath of the wild was like the best social media game. Yeah. Share your clip game. Yeah. And this game is going to take that to the stratosphere. Like it's, it's almost like a viral marketing, like built into it. It's the best TikTok game ever made. And this building stuff is I've already seen so many amazing, hilarious things. I won't build them. Just yeah, like me too. Minecraft, I won't build them. Um, and so far, the mandatory aspects, I would call them light. You have to build things like to get to the shrines and stuff. You got to build little solutions, but it's not, it's not crazy. You don't have to build a fortress. Um, no, you don't have to like, build okay. a house or anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Gamer guy Lou says, "What's your favorite part about Tears of the Kingdom so far?" Is there anything you've encountered in the game already that you think could lead to something interesting by the end of the game? Hmm. That's pretty interesting. You know what? I mean, it's a small thing, but I, I love the new towers uh, a lot. I like how they are almost these sort of giant launch pads. I think that's fun. Uh, it's a good way to not just give you a scope of the land, but also maybe give you a little head start if you kind of want to head specifically in a direction. So I think that's been a pretty fun uh, change there. It kind of just discovering that underground network was another one. I haven't really dug too deep into all of that yet, but I'm going to be curious to go. I think I'm like, and I don't want to talk about stores. I think I might be starting what might be my favorite thing so far. Um, it's kind of on that main path. Um, that's where I just left off was right before it. So I'm pretty excited to get back to it. But yeah, so far, like a lot of little things. I don't know if there's anything that jumps out as like the this, this big moment. And kind of, you know, Breath of the Wild was sort of like that for me too, where... Uh, like 
uh, if you told me to go back and say what was your number one thing it's almost kind of hard to do because it really is just this whole experience kind of coming together with a, a million little little moments okay that's good um since i haven't really started the story a whole lot i'm not exactly sure i mean my favorite thing about the game so far are the shrines i think they're way better breath of the wild shrines they're just way more there's a lot more shrines that require two or three you know like examples instead of just like the simple one um so it's it's i'm, I'm having a lot of fun with that um also just generally i think the enemy difficulty and some of the bosses that i've encountered because of the new abilities combat is more like expressive like it's more interactive. Like you can do, you have a lot more options in combat. And I think I'm pretty certain that some of the bigger bosses, like I'm almost like, Oh my God, what is Ganon going to be like? What is this dragon thing? Like what is the fighting a Lionel going to feel like now? Because there's, yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's not, I'm not like, Oh my God, this is too hard. It's definitely there. Um, even a couple of these shrines that I've gone into have like, like an eventide element to them. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. You know, like they are a lot of fun. I'm just like, and those are basic enemies. But when you, the little MacGyver connect set that they give you can be deployed very differently. And uh, I'm I'm digging it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think you know, not when I think about it a little bit more, like one of those kind of like world bosses is like this giant walking thing that has like the the Macabalan fortress on him. Yeah, you had to get up there by using that um that breach ability, and it's just kind of fun maneuvering around that, doing that, getting up there, attacking his weak point and the the enemies up there. That was a really cool. Reminded me of the Lord of the Rings, you know, like the (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's like going on the Ollie font exactly. Uh, Josh says, what's the coolest thing you've built in Zelda so far? <laughs> right. Like, again, like I'm not I'm like the opposite of over engineering. All my stuff has been like actually really simple. Like the one time I spent a good amount of time. And it, again, it was that one tower you're talking about surrounded by a moat. I tried to build this really elaborate tower. Then I got then I like, oh, I'm going to put just this one more plank there. And then I tipped it over and it all broke. So then I just built this crappiest small tower I could. It was just high enough for me to jump off of and glide over and grab the very bottom of the tower and <laughs> climb up to like the one ledge before I ran out of stamina. But uh, yeah, I've been sort of, I've, I haven't built anything super impressive yet. I've been kind of building as little as I can to get through at the moment. I tried building uh, a machine that would fly there. Like an idiot, I spent all my resources, like I'm just going to fly across and, and failed miserably went right into that moat and then my structure was like too far away for me to grab it so like i couldn't even like get it back to like re-engineer it that's why i ended up just like if i just lift this log and jump off of it yeah right um the my favorite thing that i've done so far building wise is there was there's a shrine that has like a rail system on it that you have to like build a cart to go across but you need a a decent amount of power to like make it, make it across. Like you can tell that it's, you know, it's going to take a little, you know, some juice to get across. It's a long distance. So I strapped a rocket to this rail cart and I was like, this will be plenty. Um, I had like a, the, there's a rail cart with like a fan on it and a rocket. I strapped the rocket to the side of the cart. Just think it'd be fine. Cause it's on rails, but it absolutely like overpowered my cart. So when I hit it, 
like the whole thing corkscrewed. Um, but the funny thing is that like the wheel was on the top of the cart, but then the, on the left side, but then the top of the cart landed across the right side. So I just went across this thing at like a 45 degree <laughs> sparks fly, flying, you know, rocket power going off the opposite way. And then when it tipped over link, basically, I guess like auto animated into like a, like a climb, like he was like stuck to the side, like trying to climb it like Spider-Man. Right. And I just shot across this gap <laughs> and it was just like, well, that worked. I'm sure this isn't the way you're supposed to do it. It was like the rail saved me. And I just kind of ramped across and I was just like, this is, this is amazing. I didn't even, <laughs> yeah. So it was funny. Cleo, um, are you taking a different approach or path with tears of the kingdom than you did with breath of the wild? I, so like, I'm, I'm yes and no. in that I basically am taking generally the path the game's nudging me towards, but the game's actually nudging you towards the opposite path, which is sort of fun. Like uh, Breath of the Wild, they they kind of sort of you sort of suggest that you go to Zora's Zora. domain first, yeah. and here they're like, that's probably the last one you go to this time. You're going to start out with the Rita, which was the last one I did, uh, and the kind of the critical path last time. So I think even just that is really smart and clever because again, um, you know, it is the same map, so the, there's always that danger of oh, is it going to be familiar? Even though I think they do a good job of avoiding that, or even just small things like having you go across it the opposite direction is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, in the first game, I got off the plateau, I hit the ground and I immediately started going to the story and then I immediately didn't feel very capable and I started shrining. And uh, that's basically what I'm doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I do that, but you know, it's just like, I don't want to, I really don't want to continue the story or get started on like the missions and stuff because I know I'm passing all of this stuff left and right. And it's like, if I just take a moment to clear some of this out, you know, it's almost like uh, it's just prepping nesting. I'll, I'll be better along down the road. Plus there's like, there are a couple things out there that I've seen that I've already come across that like, I want to have the just quality of life improvements that I think make playing the game, you know, more fun. And I want to, and maybe I'll do that sooner or later. I want to go to the great plateau and see how, what that's like. Right. I've done that. Oh, yeah, I'm curious because, you know, it's the tutorial area before. Yep. So I'm like, well, what's up there now? What happens if you go into that first cave that you wake up inside of in Breath of the Wild? You should. Yeah, I bet I should. Yeah, be yeah everybody should go back. All right. There's stuff there. Doing that. Ooh, I want to get that stuff. Oh, gosh, I hope that 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 was one like the one thing that uh, that drove me a little crazy in the beginning was like you go into the like this one cave early on and they give you your pants and then they don't give you your shirt. And I was so convinced I must have just missed it that I had to reload a save from before that. And it was before this long cutscene that you can't skip, actually. So I was just like, oh, I went in there. I was like, okay, I went in again. There's still no shirt. I'm like, okay, the shirt just must not be in here. I guess they give you the shirt so much later. And I was like, oh my God, you guys are really going after it with those like people that are borderline OCD or, or whatever. Oh, that was mean. That's there there are some really great armor sets that I've already seen. One in particular that I'm like I have my eye on that I'm trying to get. It's a part of like my tower and training. So um, but I know a lot of people are laughing about that that shirt thing. I know it's like it drove me crazy. Like, just put the shirt there. Like I've got boy like, summer. Because they even do like the cool like zoom in as you're falling through the sky. I'm like, I feel like I should have a shirt on right now. I feel like I'm blowing the, 
<laughs> so I was just wrong. They just didn't want me to have a shirt yet. They wanted me to stare at the link nips a bit longer when that's fair. Um, I believe this is George. It's spelled with a J though. Be Jorge? What might be Jorge? Do you, do you think Tears of the Kingdom will get a Warriors game too? Also, what other kind of spin-off games do you think would be a good fit for future Zelda games? Ah uh, man, I don't know. I didn't even play I didn't play Age of Calamity. I'm not a big Muso guy myself. So I kind of almost like hope not. I it'd be a little <laughs> It would have to be like a sequel this time almost, right? Because there's no more in-between areas to do a war stuff. Unless Probably. I guess there is another path they could do now that I think about it, uh, which I won't say for spoilers, I suppose. I don't know. I, w- I wonder if at this point you just maybe have those guys make a- another Nintendo Muso spinoff, maybe do something outside of Zelda. You did two of those. I don't, I don't think Age of Calamity even made as much of a splash as the first Hyrule Warriors did. Uh, Age of Calamity... I love Hyrule Warriors, just for yeah. the record. Um, Age of Calamity was not as good, in my opinion. Um, and not even for, like, for technical reason, just wasn't as good. Like, just design-wise, it was very... It was just repetitive. Like, they just... Everything just gets upped, right? Like, you encounter three different types of bosses, and then as you complete the game, you just fight two and three and six and eight of those. Like, they just keep adding more. It's not different. They just add more. They just keep duplicating it, changing colors. Yeah. You know. And I thought it was kind of fun in the first Hyrule Warriors how it wasn't beholden to any specific Zelda. I think it was actually like, a, it was like its own link, its own. They, they, they kind of mess around with it. And they could be goofy like, hey, look, uh, Tetra is an unlockable character in this DLC. Yeah. And weird stuff like that. That's, that's why I liked Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. It was its own rather... separate crazy universe thing. That's why I wanted from more. So like, if they were to do another Warriors game, I would prefer if it was like Hyrule Warriors 2. As right, opposed to Tears other. of the Kingdom, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, any other spinoff ideas for Zelda? Yeah, gosh. I mean, the music game one was pretty good. Link's crossbow training, too. Let's go. Uh, gosh, yeah. I mean, there's so much you could do with it. And hearing about how Retro pitched a tactics game, I think that's interesting. Although they're so set with tactics now with both Fire Emblem and now we've had Advanced Wars recently, too. So maybe we're good there. I don't know. Like maybe I am just that guy who's like, actually, I, I mostly just want mainline Zelda games. That's what that's what actually really makes me happy. Uh, and maybe even remakes and remasters here and there. These kind of spinoffs are sort of like less priority. I think if you gave them to indie studios and had them do cool things like with uh, Cadence of Hyrule, that would be really cool. Like you know, I think it'd be neat if you like say gave Yacht Club games to Shovel Knight people and said, hey, make something like Zelda two again. Oh, that'd be like amazing. That. Right. Like, make another 2D more action. I've wanted... Game. I never played Zelda 2 because I just grew up always hearing about how terrible it was. Um, But I've always wanted, a like, a real proper 2D Zelda game ever since playing Mario Maker on Wii U. Right. There were so many people that were creating these Zelda worlds because if you had the Amiibo, you could skin it and you got the music and everything. And it was great. They kept playing the... the I would play these dungeons where you have to find the key to unlock the right door to get to the boss to beat it. And I was like, this is incredible. Like if with all of the Zelda pageantry, 2d Zelda could be amazing. Side scrolling could be a lot of fun. Zelda two is actually still, it's pretty fun. Definitely play it on NSO and like take advantage of safe states and stuff. Cause it can be sort of brutal. Uh, oh. Not you said Mario maker. I know we always say Zelda maker. I still think that would be a fun, uh, fun idea. You want that dungeon maker? You're on team you Rebecca. That, 
Yeah, with that dungeon maker, not the kind of little wimpy version we got in Link's Awakening uh, uh, remake. I want the full. They're thing. testing the ideas. I don't. I've always been a poster on that. I'm the the dungeon. I don't play Zelda for the dungeons. I like like I, I'm, I'm totally there to play them. But to me, it's more about exploring and kind of having like the free sure. direction. Um, but yeah. I mean, I'd be down for that. I can't see in the chat says he wants a Diablo styled action RPG with Zelda. That could be fun. Yeah, Sounds something pretty amazing. I think that'd be an interesting, different way to kind of make a more action-y Zelda spinoff as opposed to the Musou route. My spinoff idea has always been like, um, I think of like a, like a Lego Zelda. I think oh. you have like a Zelda where, you know, like it's kind of chibi or blocky, but you go around and like you, you, you take your sword and you hit like the grass bricks and you get the little brick sounds and stuff like that. I can I think there's something you could do there. Yeah, I want a Zelda based off of the 1980s cartoon. Where he says, "Excuse me, princess." Every <laughs> Excuse five seconds. me. I was thinking of that um, many years ago in Shack. We used to get questions for like Paper Zelda, and that's where uh, I went with like the Lego idea. It's like if you could do kind of like the same thing, but like in a blocky style. I think it'd be a lot. Of fun. I think, yeah, I think pa- Paper Zelda would be cool too because I would actually be down for a straight up turn based Zelda RPG as a spinoff. Also, that'd be fun. But I'm a I'm a big JRPG guy, so I would like that. Cool. Jay, do you think the DLC for Tears of the Kingdom could be switched to exclusive like Sony did with Horizon? If so, could you see that driving sales for an updated Switch as much as if Tears of the Kingdom launched on the system? I don't think they'll go that route. Uh, I, I think they're, if I they're think DLC, so it'll just be available. I mean, one thing, like, what what's that going to look like? I don't think there's going to be, like, the Switch 2 version of Tears of the Kingdom. I imagine a Switch 2 is just going to be backwards compatible and maybe there's just some inherent sort of performance boost that comes with older games, whether it's by default or whether they have to do a little engineering specifically for some titles. Um, if they do that, Tears of the Kingdom will definitely be one of them. But, you know, we, we heard Phil Spencer talking about this when he when he talked to Kind of Funny specifically about this giant advantage it is now that people are building up their game libraries on your platform and how they can carry that over now. I know Nintendo's Nintendo. You can never tell what they're going to do, but I think they got to be aware of how important that is. And I would be shocked if they actually expect everybody to sort of start over from scratch and have to say buy Tears of the Kingdom again. But even if not, like then then if, if it, it you know even if it is what I'm talking about, it's just backwards compatible. How can you really make it so that you know? Oh well, this DLC is only going to work on the Switch too. I just I just can't really see Zelda or Nintendo going that route. It's it would be mildly scummy and i know nintendo sometimes does do scummy things but it, it seems a little outside usually their scummy things are like we're gonna go after this emulator or we're gonna you know yeah. uh, <laughs> like this that kind of stuff this seems a little weird i can't imagine charge you 70 dollars for this little platformer <laughs> right yes exactly uh I, know I wholeheartedly agree with you i don't one at worst they would like at worst they would time it to come out with a new system but it'd still be available on the old system i don't think they're ever going to lock anybody up but to 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 your point, them risking that loser retention for what is like their strongest place in the market in however many decades, just to like resell people the same game would be, I honestly think it'd be pretty astonishing. I mean, that'd be, we've seen people do it. We've seen people do it. But like, I mean, I can't imagine in today's time that you would just risk your market share like that, you know, like you're just opening the door for others. Like you're just, you're inviting, you know, bad juju by trying to do something like that. So 
I don't think so. Um, well, this one's fun. Kenneth writes three Zeldas visuals, gameplay, story. What are your three Zelda favorites in each of those categories? Okay, visuals is Wind Waker. That's very Agreed. easy uh, for me. Uh, gameplay. Hmm. That's interesting because I think that Breath of the Wild and now this Tears of the Kingdom style is really fun. I'm just really getting to mess around with uh, all these different sort of special mechanics and how they work. So I think that you could probably do. I, I would say Breath of the Wild right now is because I haven't finished Tears of the Kingdom. But Breath of the Wild is probably the best. Well, you know what, though? Ooh, Link Between Worlds. That gameplay feels so good to me. Uh, that uh, that those dungeons especially are really fun. Even that little wall mechanic, so that's up there too. We'll say Breath of the Wild, maybe Tears of the uh, Way Link Between Worlds as a runner-up. Although I also Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda, so I also really like Same. the gameplay in that one. I think that one feels really good still to me. Um, story-wise, uh, story-wise, Breath of the Wild is really light on that. Tears of the Kingdom seems to have a bit more, but I'm not sure where it's going. I think I might also give Wind Waker a nod there. I like Wind Waker's story. I love it. A bit. Yeah. I love that you're here. Um, my answer to basically mirror yours. Visuals, Wind Waker. Gameplay, I still think Wind Waker's combat's the best in the series, but the totality of the gameplay that the game offers, a game like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, I'm just way more addicted to. Like, I'm way more, I can play this game as evidenced by the 15 hours I've already put into it without even touching the story. <laughs> even I can just play this game, and that is a huge kudos for just gameplay. I can just sit there and play it because I'm having fun playing it moment to moment. And then story for me would be Wind Waker because of um, Wind Waker uh, is a more grounded story. It's more human story. It's got family. It's got things that matter like they're on the line and then it's very um charming and whimsical and like for me like the castle scene and all the different characters you come to like they just there's a lot of life there in, the, in those characters and i don't get a lot of that from many other zelda games yeah and Wind Waker was at a point where they were doing like a good amount of story stuff but it didn't overcome over burden the game in the way that it would with say twilight princess to a degree and definitely by with skyward sword where it's just almost skyward too much sword. of that stuff yeah. Sam, do you think the next Zelda game will also be a sequel to make Breath of the Wild a trilogy? Or do you see the next uh, big Zelda game being something different, like Breath of the Wild was six years ago? I think it's going to be more like what those new God of Wars did recently, where they sort of realized we could do two of these. It's a, you know, a similar thing with a long-running franchise. Then they're going to have to sort of move on. I mean, this is already sort of unique, having this direct sequel approach. We've, kind of, yeah. we've sort of had that before with stuff like Phantom Hourglass, but that was like, you know, a portable thing. It was kind of off from the super main line. I think that, I mean, again, it's going to take another seven, eight years to make, right? We can't have 15 years of this one trilogy. I mean, maybe we could. I think what they do next is going to be different, at least visually, at least in terms of setting. I bet it still is going to probably mechanically feels similar i wouldn't be shocked if it had shrines again even or something like that i'm sure it'll be very open world based again but i don't think it's going to be like i don't think they're going to reuse elements of the same map again for for right for this third time so i i, I am expecting more of a i don't say reboot but more of a shake-up for whatever the next next out is and it is weird to already be thinking about that but i'm sure they are and i am going to be curious to see what it looks like yeah I'm just trying to think it 
I think you're right. I definitely think by the next one will be on a new hardware. I think it'll probably come with a brand new engine. Um, when I, when I originally read the question that he wrote in, I was wanting to sit here and tell you that maybe it was going to be more traditional, like, uh, you know, Zelda with so many dungeons you collect and get the hook shot and stuff back. I was kind of, I think that maybe like that'd be a good palate cleanser. But as you were talking, I was like, man, for as popular as Zelda is, like, or, or I think as for as popular as these two Zelda games have become, I'm, I'm wondering how strong the urge would be to stick with it. You know? Yeah. I think there's a little bit of gas left in that thing. I mean, how many games did we have that were basically Ocarina of Time after Ocarina of Time came out, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, Majora's, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. So they, they basically went five games with that formula, right? So I think we can definitely squeeze at least three out of what Breath of the Wild is doing. And, like, Tears of the Kingdom is already such a relatively big gameplay shakeup from what they were doing Ocarina of Time. So it shows that there's more you can do there. We can, you know, figure out some other wacky abilities to give Link in the next one. So I think gameplay wise and structure wise will be different, but I think I don't think it's going to be this same link and this same Zelda again. I think there will be some kind of a shift in that way. I think it'll be a different map, a different world, and like a different art style again, right? Like they like to repeat yeah, art style. That I agree with. Maybe it'll yeah. be time to actually do like and usually I'm the one who I do like the more cartoony, uh colorful Zelda games. Maybe it will be time to do like the slight the darker maybe mm. slightly grittier and like i mean a zelda dark and zelda gritty right okay yeah. kind of look like dark souls you know more like try purchase or more like what that first wii u sort of teaser zelda yeah. game looked like something like that yeah because i was the other thing that i was thinking about is how much better breath of the wild and apparently tears of the kingdom is sold compared to those oh yeah you gotta um, think that's gotta be this is gonna be a huge pool like they, they may want to be like hey let's change it up but then somebody over there me looking at sales sheets and be like, no, oh, we're good. Just keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a little bit of gas left in that tank for sure. Zelda's never sold 25 million copies before but, until Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Most games don't sell 25 million yeah. copies ever. But so, yeah, it's definitely so, selling, selling Zelda games. So in this I was one, thinking to myself, if they came out with a traditional Zelda game, it looks, you know, it looks traditional as dungeons, all that, like and it sells 8 million. You know, it'd be like a huge flop for them. I don't think that's where they want to go. Yeah, and look, you can always just kind of put some of those traditional elements into this style, right? There's no reason why yeah. you couldn't make one of the new abilities basically like a hook shot or something yeah. like that. Or you could, uh, you know, that might even be the case here. I haven't gone far far enough in. Maybe there are just straight up traditional dungeons again, stuff stuff like that. There's ways you can sneak those into this big open world format that'll work just fine. Yeah. Nick says, this is the first game that I've played with such anticipation being part of the gaming community, puts in parentheses Twitch, new Twitch streamer, uh, since 2020. This experience is great. Nothing but positive and people enjoying themselves. What was your first gamer experience on this platform and your best memories? So my first game uh, gamer experience on the on Twitch, I'm just mean? thinking, yeah, like just socially, like if you were connected to like a community, or or if oh, you were gosh. streaming, or if you were just being kind of more social and online with a with a game wow. experience. My gosh, my, the first time I was part of an online gaming community was back in the old LucasArts Adventure Games day on Mix uh, International House of Mojo, where a lot of us had our own Monkey Island fan sites, and then we got into a IRC chat channels and talked about the game, and sometimes a 
voice actor might even show up in there from the game. So I, I've been I've been in this game too long. I can remember like the proto internet communities and stuff like that. Even maybe some AOL chat room days uh, and what have you. Um, or gate, you know, I remember when I was really looking forward to Kingdom Hearts Two, which was like another one I was just stoked about. That was like when the GameFAQ message boards were still really, really big. So a lot of the GameFAQ would be like my earliest ones. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the hype and excitement was actually happening over there for that. But I, I do agree with them. Like this is the, you know, sometimes it's, it's it's hard to like get hyped up the same way I did when I was younger. Some of that's just being older. Some of it is just, you know, being in this game for so long uh, or the weird way I get games sometimes. Right. Like sometimes it it would be hard to get really excited for a launch day, uh, and this you know then like oh yeah you know, I get an email I get the game code which is great but it is yeah. sort of like it's different than like building up to this moment and going to the store and being with all these excited people right that's why this has been fun to have this like one singular really really big release that everybody is very very excited about and we're all kind of hyped together and sort of all experiencing it at the same time yeah um. Generally, I would say the Switch, like just in general. I mean, I remember Game Facts and I did IGN forums for a while. And I eventually made my way to like Married to the Games when I was in college and they had like a forum and I was very active there for a couple of years. But I think I understand the question more in terms of like we as game, like the gaming community has really grown up and we've been empowered by YouTube and Twitch. So there is almost like a line of demarcation. Right. And there's they have like the old internet days, like reset era and stuff like that. And then you have like right. kind of like the new internet days and kind of in the new time, if I if I could build the answer around that, it would be like just generally the switch or Breath of the Wild, if you want to call it that. It's like coming off the Wii U, we were podcasting, we were streaming, you know, we were just getting going. And I like I imagine so many other people like in that time. And then the switch hits and it's like this bomb that goes off and we're doing it. And so many other people are doing it. And it is that communal, you know, excitement is contagious. <laughs> it, it ripples out. So Robbie says, uh, we have tons of open world adventure games. Why do you think Zelda games garner so much praise and attention? Is it just childhood nostalgia? No, especially when breath of the wild came out, there was such this staleness in that genre where they had all basically turned into far cry three. They all took that formula of, you know, go, go, go climb up this one thing. And then your map's going to be populated by a bunch of icons. And then you go to the icons and you do what the icon tells you to do. So like the whole promise of the open world game was the openness of it. And they somehow found a way to turn it very mundane and very formulaic. Um, right, even like something like a Grand Theft Auto, as much fun as it could be, it was kind of similar. Where, and I, you know, I started calling them map games because it was a lot of opening up the map and seeing where you need to go to do the yeah, next thing. waypoint, go to the waypoint, right? And you know, there is a map in these new Zelda games, and like, yeah, you know, there are even like the towers to, un- to unlock part of the map. But once you're up there, it's it, you know, it doesn't just auto populate with like, well, here's where all the shrines are in your vicinity. There is still that actual exploration. You do have to find the shrines. You can get to a high vantage point and then you can mark them, but that's you doing it. That's not the game doing that for you. And that alone just makes it so much more fun. But then also the mechanics are interesting. Again, like so many of these other games are just, you know, typical melee combat or shooter. That that's the way you interact with the world. Um, here, the way you interact with the world in both games is so unique and so different and so special. 
I've borrowed your term map game for years. I love you're spot yeah. on. Yeah, it's because like how do you describe those games? That's why. Yeah, like they're map games because you spend like a lot I of was... time on the map. You can make good map games like Horizon, like for Ben West. That's a good map game, but it's a map game, man. I was I was thinking I was laughing myself last night because uh, Breath of the Wild is literally a map game. Like I'm, I have a screenshot of like me putting down markers. Like I'm, a, I jump off a tower and I'm scanning the horizon and I mark shrines and I put the icons down and I saw um, a cherry blossom tree and I put the icon down and I'm like I'm literally building a map. Right. Like I'm literally a cartographer make, over here. But it's fun to build a map. <laughs> it is super fun. It's less fun to have the game make the map for you automatically. The the thing that differs is I love map games. Like I've mm. I've basically come to this where I love I play them all the time. And if if I had to if I had to like pick a genre of games that probably fits me the most, I would say map games. I love Grand Theft Auto. I love Assassin's Creed. I really enjoyed Horizon. I love you know Breath of the Wild. I love Zelda. So like I am here for Far Cry. I I, I love map games. That's the yeah. thing that I've learned. Um. Yeah, I don't do like I th- them too. It's just been like there was a while where I was just overwhelmed by them, and even I'm still kind of feeling that where like I was enjoying Forbidden West and didn't quite like finish that. Even it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> that game, I remember, like you know, ten hours into it, and I look at the map and I'm like, this map's almost too big. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a little just, just overwhelmed. littered with dots and icons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zelda garners so much praise and attention. Is it nostalgia? Some of it, sure. But people have grown up with it. Um. So I, I do think it's the nostalgia. I think it's the IP, but I think more importantly, it's that Zelda is really good. Yes. And maybe people don't think that or agree with that, or maybe they think people only think that because it's Zelda, but it's not like Zelda's throughout its history. Even the bad Zeldas are really good. Um, like that's the thing. Like typically when Nintendo releases a new Zelda game, you really know what you're going to get and you know what you're getting is, you know, usually pushing the industry forward in some meaningful way. Um, or kind of setting a new standard. They do this a lot um, throughout their their kind of legacy of releases. So I think that's a big part of it. And then Breath of the Wild definitely like separated and kind of did its, they went in its own direction, um, pushed that further even more. Um, it's just so much praise and attention. I mean, I think it's just earned, I think is really yeah. ultimately what I'm trying to say. Like they've earned that attention and praise for not just this one game, but, you know, 30 games that they've released for the last 30 years. Right, exactly. I mean, it's all just to a degree, but I think it is that consistent quality, which is, you know, incredibly hard to do. Like how many other franchises from the 80s have still been regularly making new games that can, you know, perform as well critically and commercially as a Zelda or Mario, right? And the thing that Zelda, it's... Zelda does a really great job of giving you trying to think of the best way of putting it like wonderment mm-hmm. you know like when i play a zelda game i always kind of have that sense of awe it's definitely here with tears of the kingdom when you're like going through the clouds for the first thing like you get a lot of those moments with zelda games i feel like almost every zelda game i have a moment like that wind waker and i was setting the sails ocarina when i hit the field twilight princess was the epic you know, sword fights and stuff like that. They, they have these moments that stick with you um, or they really focus on giving you that, that exploration, that discovery feeling, you know, that wonderment like that in all, like you can just go and do things. Yeah. Zelda games have always been hard to clone. Like there's always been Zelda clones and they 
are they but they're never feel, as good right they're never as good but they also never like quite feel the same there, there's always something off about them like you know like ubisoft tried like made their own breath of the wild with uh mortal phoenix rising it's like you mm-hmm. know not a bad game and that's basically the closest we got to something like breath of the wild and it's very different in terms of just how it feels and love tone and quality yeah, I, I, I wanted to love Immortals, right? And I'm I'm gonna go back to it. I want to give it another try, but the dialogue, the voiceover in that game uh, really ruined awful. it for me. The, I the could game, not. The game thinks it's funny, and it's just not. It's, it's not. Rough. It's uh, not. Yeah. If you're gonna present your whole game like it's hilarious, it better actually be funny, or else that's that's difficult to slog through. If I could turn it off, I would. I think I would have loved it. Yes. But it was really made it hard. Another thing about Zelda games, I think I was trying to touch on this earlier, is there's just um there is a level of design that is added to what I will say most all Zelda games um, specifically like these two breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom in a large majority, there's just this expert level of design element that are added to the games where there is a lot of things that are happening, but they've all been like tested, you know, like all of these structures and things have been put in place. These puzzles have been put in place for these, ex- like for you to experiment with. And it's all been very vetted. And I think that would be so when I was thinking of Robbie's question, he's talking about like, why would um, and I'm not exactly sure. I don't think this is where Robbie's going, but this is where my head is going. It's like, what is different about a Zelda game than like, like you were saying, for instance, like your other map games. And when I think of what I'm doing in Breath of the Wild, it's like, it's not the first game where we've ever been able to explore the sky or the ground or anything like that. I'm thinking of like Valhalla. Like I just came off 200 years of 200 hours of Valhalla the last couple of years where I've done all kinds of things and went to the sky and all these different islands and stuff like what separates them is the level of uh, just development vetting that tears of the kingdom has that the hollow just doesn't the hollow seems to have like a lot of, I mean, I don't want to call it copy and paste, but like a lot of the same things that are in different areas of the map. Whereas Zelda has every single piece of this game feels like it's been tailored to be there. That's the thing, right? Like there's like this extra level of, I don't know, try hard, like of effort that's put into it that I just don't think we see in other, in other games like it. I think that's really what sets it apart. Tyler, uh, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen so much Zelda hype in my life. Everywhere I look this week, it's Tears of the Kingdom, which has me thinking, how long until Netflix or HBO throws the bag at Nintendo? Yeah, well, Netflix apparently tried that one time to throw a bag at Nintendo. I mean, yeah, it, that whole adaptation thing is rough. Uh, it's hard to imagine because a TV series definitely makes more sense. I think Nintendo is kind of all in with movies right now, though. I think that they were very happy with how Mario came across. I think they really liked that uh, illumination as their partner uh or certainly at least universal so uh, tv series is still possible it's just i don't know it's still so hard for me to wrap my head around what exactly a zelda tv show or movie looks like and again tv show makes so much more sense because i i, I assume that what they're gonna do is you adapt ocarina of time that's like the most famous zelda story that's the one with kind of like you know we have all the principal characters there there's you know the appropriate plot beats so on and so forth but again, if you do it as a, a show, that's something you can maybe do in eight episodes pretty well. But the movie, even if you do it to kind of condense it all, that's just this really big release. And that's going to make 
lot of money, maybe even more money than a, a TV show can make. I bet we're going to see a movie. I agree. No, I think we'll see a movie. When I think movie, I'm, I honestly, I just want to know like what the art style is because when I think Zelda movie, like for whatever reason, my head, I kind of have like Link's Awakening, like kind of pops into my head. And I kind of think of like a cartoony, you remember like those cut scenes that they had, not like the in engine stuff, but the cut scenes yeah. of the cartoon. I think of that. And I'm just wondering if we're going to get a movie where it's like Link washes ashore after this thing and goes on an epic adventure where they have like a lot of room to fill in, right? Where they don't have to follow something so one-to-one or, or be Maybe. so similar to a, to a plot. Yeah. But again, it's just like a lot of times these things, like what's the most obvious thing? I think it's yeah. like Raina, but yeah, like that is what, good. What is the art style, right? I know, like some people have, like, oh, it'd be great if Ghibli did it or Leica. I'm like, yeah, like it's, it's gonna be something more mainstream than that. It's gonna be a very mainstream ordeal, and that could still be good. But you know, it's like uh, sorry, it, Chris it, Pratt. It, yeah, you know, it could be Illumination, but I also hope it's not an Illumination style movie, right? And I yeah, like I think that works movie. best for Mario. Like that felt like a natural right. fit. Link that doesn't fine there. Yeah. Exactly. Like you have to take that a bit more seriously, right? We can't have a joke a second like we did in the Mario movie. It works okay for that, but the you could have some jokes in a Zelda movie. It's a difficult task. I'm glad I'm not going to have to do it because that is going to be a pretty hard adaptation to work through. They definitely won't do it because it's in to know, but I would like if I could have my way, I would love to have like one of those grittier uh, like Netflix animations, like the folks that are doing Castlevania. Like I would love to do something like that with Zelda. Actually have actual combat any blood or something nintendo definitely will never but i would love to see what it could be because it'd be be a lot of fun um benchik writes what opening and tutorial area is better tears of the kingdom or breath of the wild yeah this is i think this is one of the first things that kind of jumps out as a difference is that there is a bit more onboarding happening in tears of the kingdom it is a, a slower start i think because what they're teaching you is more complicated than what's going on uh, in Breath of the Wild, and there are there are more story elements, and I'm not sure if I like that or or more yet. I think maybe I liked how incredibly sparse Breath of the Wild was there, and even the story elements that were there. A lot of those you discovered as you played the games. You didn't have to kind of get so front loaded with it as you are are here. It is kind of fun in a way to be front loaded with it because it does sort of raise the stakes and lets you get introduced to more characters and things like that. But it was. There was a bit of time, especially before you get like the sailcloth, right? It's like, where's my yeah. sailcloth? Because I want to just jump across this thing there. So I think Breath Did you also Wild... think that hit the ground and was like, what was happening? Right, exactly. <laughs> where's this thing? I need it. I needed help. Uh, I think it was still really fun. I think it did a great job of like introducing the mechanics to you and, and all that stuff. But it definitely was slow, especially once you got to the ground and it was still kind of feeling like I was being tutorialized to for quite a bit longer i was kind of really ready to to get going um so i think it, i think it's a bit more clumsy and a little bit less elegant than breath of the wild's tutorial so i guess i'll give the the, the nod to breath of the wild there but i still enjoyed uh i mean like so compared to like a skyward sword you get going pretty quickly and all things considered i would agree with you again um i think wholeheartedly i i do think yeah it's, there were several times i was that opening session i was just like all right let's I was jonesing to like, just be let loose. It's like, all right, let's go. You know, like, let's move it along here. Um, it was interesting on the other podcast that I do. My co-host said he, he played the game for the first hour and his impression that he brought to, the, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge him a bit more this week, but he said, tears of the kingdom has fixed everything that I didn't like about breath of the wild. And right. I was, 
I was interested in, yeah, when you hear that, because I was like, the opening segments are very similar. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, there is more stories. So I guess is it just the, like, the, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is it just the story that sets the hook? Um, I think it was more, I believe that he's thinking it's more scripted. Yeah. Uh, and it is a little bit more scripted because you have these new abilities they have to teach you. It does have like that Zelda tutorial, like, here's how to do this, here's how to catch Pokemon. But I mean, like the gist of it, like the general gist of it is very similar. You got to go find these shrines. You got to like learn how to deal with elements. You got to come back before you can like leave the plateau. Like it is the general design. I felt very familiar. I, I remember when I was opening up, I was like, yeah, this is all different. Looks different. I was like, but this is largely the same. Uh, it's, it's basically the same formula there. You're right. You're kind of stuck in this one area. Yeah. So you get your first abilities, learn how to use them, and then you move on to the bigger game. Um, call the plug. What is going to be? What do you think your estimated hours played will be when you finish the main story? That's going to be interesting. I mean, it's the kind of game that it, it almost has to be like sixty hours at least, sort of, and probably longer. I'm not like the guy who's going to go and get every single shrine, do like every single little thing. I'll be pretty happy doing a lot of stuff. Probably hitting up all the main side things. So I will. I'll you know I'll like do all these crop circles. I'll try to complete the that uh newspaper quest and things like that um now you know this is it is interesting though uh i want the armor too yeah i want a good armor so uh, you know maybe i don't think this is too much of a spoiler but the setup does deviate in that it doesn't seem like you can just go to the end of the game in this one you can't just right they don't set it up like there's uh where the big bad is you can go get them right now maybe you can i guess i haven't tried i think you can and i only say this because i would agree with you but I saw, and I haven't read it, so I don't even know, like, they may have broke it or whatever to do it. I have, I have no further context to add. But I did share an article in our Discord yesterday. Apparently, somebody beat the game in, like, 20 minutes or something, like, something and stupid. Maybe, like, And I was like, maybe you still just how can. is that possible? <laughs> maybe you still just can go to the castle and go fight the final boss again. I don't know like if they that. broke it to do that, but, yeah, yeah. apparently, some somehow, something like that can be done. But they almost I would like, have no idea. Like, if that's true, they, they are doing more to sort of discourage you from doing that than than before. Like, it seems less obvious. Like, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they definitely didn't drop the marker and invite you to go try. Right, exactly. Right. Like, yeah. And uh, Breath of the Wild, they're like, yeah, you can go do that right now. I guess. Good luck. Yeah. If you wanted but, to. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Our last question, Paul. I picked up Breath of the Wild last year, but I didn't make it very far. Do you think I'd be okay to jump into Tears of the Kingdom? Or should I go back and finish the first game first? I mean, you don't have to like finish the first game in terms of like being caught up with the story or whatever. But you know, I wouldn't worry that much about that. Breath of the Wild really isn't about the story, at least to me. I, um, I will say, if you didn't like Breath of the Wild, I don't know if you're going to suddenly like Tears of the Kingdom. It is there's definitely a lot of similar ingredients, uh, even though the building stuff is very different. So hey, maybe if you really if that aspect of it really jumps out to you, something interesting, I think you'll have fun with it. Uh, if you still want to just give it a try, because maybe you think you'll like it now, and you don't necessarily want to go and play the old one, you want to play the new game everybody's talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can just jump into this without having played the last one. Yeah, my first take that I wanted—I wish Paul had included. Uh, why did you stop playing the first one? Yeah, I guess I'd be curious. To without know. knowing why you stopped, like it's like if you if you didn't like it, I've I've come across several people that are like I don't like it or you know. I don't I don't think Tears of the Kingdom I don't think Tears of the Kingdom would change a whole lot of that for you. But right. you know, if you're seeing the 
the clips and the buzz and the blogs and the headlines. And yeah, sure. That's what, what's video games all about. It's like the new hot movie. Like who cares? Go buy the damn game. If you want to buy it, you know, if you don't like it, sell it. Beautiful thing about video games. You can just go do whatever. Exactly. Um, so that's the end of our questions. Uh, Mike, do you want to you get anything else you want to say about Zelda? I feel like, you know, through the questions and through that intro, I was able to basically say everything I wanted to, including like some of the few nitpicks that I did have, which again, weren't many and were pretty nitpicky, basically just having a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm excited to really dig in even deeper today and gosh, through the next couple of weeks here, I hope I can, pardon me, I hope I can beat this before I have to start traveling for summer game fest and all that stuff. I always, I always, I always hate having to travel in, in the middle of a big game because it always feels weird when I come back and I try to get... I know it's my Switch, I can bring it with me, but I'm usually so busy during these kind of things, right? I mean, it's funny, like, I was playing Jedi Survivor, and one, because of this, and because, like, I'm also hoping for that to get some improvement patches. Uh, I'm, like, I'm pretty happy just letting putting that to the side for now while I just focus almost entirely on Tears of the Kingdom. I was happy. I, I basically got through all the Redfall and everything I could and got everything off the plate just so I could play this game. And I don't have anything else pre-ordered except for Pikmin. So like my uh, entire, everything is just clean slate. I'm ready yeah, to I'm, play this game and only this game. I'm in trouble there too. Cause there's what three big games in June. I'm looking forward yeah. to, cause I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for street fighter six, Diablo four and final fantasy 16. I'm going to be playing all of those. So it's a lot to I'm juggle. Gonna be, it's going to be a lot. We'll see how I do with that. Uh, I do have some notes. Um, that I jotted down, so I'll I won't read through every one of them, but I'll just throw out a couple there and see what you think about them. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Um, pros. Um, so we talked about shrines. Um, we talked about the opening. So I will say that I I wrote down I love I'm loving like the visual effects, the particle effects, the gusts of wind, the leaves, the aura around Link's arm and around the shrines. Like I uh, I love that when you activate a shrine. Like instead of walking into it and taking the elevator, like you kind of have like this window that like you yeah, can like peer portal. into and like you can move around. And I like that. Um, the clouds in the sky, especially when you're up there, how they like basically like turn into fog. Like when you're on an island, it's very immersive, you know, like everything just I'm, I'm digging it. Um, there's a lot to be said, I think, about the visual style and mostly the lighting upgrades, the lighting, the lighting alone whatever changes they've done to like the lighting engine for tears of the kingdom has made a huge difference to me. Yeah. No OLED. It looks great. I will say when I play it on my TV, it, it seems like the, uh, the brightness is maybe or like the brightness contrast can be a bit high. And I know I've seen some other people say that, but it's something I think you can maybe fiddle with somewhere and either your game options or your TV options. I'm not sure, but yeah, especially on playing on the OLED, it looks great. It also, you know, it runs really well. I, I know we kind of grade these games on a switch curve, but this is the Switch, and it's like seventh year. It was never that powerful of a console to begin with. So I'm pretty happy that they have this game performing so well on it. You know, there are frame drops here and there, but generally it's going to be running pretty pretty smoothly. Just very much like, you know, I, I had worries going into this. Like, oh, can, we re- can the Switch really do this still? And in my mind, like Breath of the Wild ran even worse than probably it did. Uh, so I'm playing it now. I'm actually pretty excited that I'm just it's good enough to the point where I'm not thinking about that stuff ever. I, I'm, I, that was definitely, that's kind of one of my cons in the categories I am having. Uh, I mean, it's just a, a little rough time with it. It's, it's a bit jittery. It's a bit edgy. It's a bit muddy. 
Like it's a beautiful game as long as you don't look too hard at anything like still. Like sure. from afar when you're taking in the scene, like if you look at the forest, don't look at the trees. <laughs> right. And we still have some rough texture stuff. I mean, look, there's definitely a part of me that's like, it sure is gonna be nice to get that new switch someday. It, yeah, it's it's almost begging to be said that it's a shame that this didn't come with new new hardware. Like it I, I think I've been talking about this in our Discord the past couple of days, and I think it is it is nitpicky, I guess. Um because I do think for the most part, it's stable. It is stable. Like you can almost expect when the frames are going to drop. Like it's a very stable game, but it is fluctuating. Um, I ran into a lot of frame drops essentially whenever I use Ultra Hand, which I think has been widely documented. I think whenever I trigger explosions, I, it gets a little choppy. And then anytime, um, one, the weird thing that I noticed in the opening area, so this is like basically like in my first impressions anytime i put a lot of foliage specifically like close to where the camera is like behind link like if i'm putting if i'm in a tree or something it gets real it'll get real choppy like that you're muted sorry the dog was barking i forgot to unmute myself there's a my neighbor's getting their lawn mode and penny does not like that but yeah okay that's it that makes sense with the leaves though that's interesting yeah um so but some of the things that i've been doing that i think have really helped me out and obviously not everybody can go out and buy a television but one thing that i think really improved it for me is i came on uh, lgc2 and i know this is going to be blasphemous i'm going to say it but i understand that the tech junkies around the world are going to hate me for saying it so on the lg panels they've got true motion right oh. and if you turn that on it helps a lot smoothing out kind of zelda's jitteriness and specifically, um, this game is using FSR, and it's got this thing that I think is doing a wonders for performance where every time you pan the camera, basically the the resolution of the picture dips, and then when you stop the camera, it comes up. It almost looks like almost like a motion blur effect. Um, but this, when you're moving around and stuff like that, it can be a little jittery. It's like it's a little stutter uh, when you're panning the camera and stuff like that. And I turned on the true motion and it really smooths out. Adds a little artifacting at times, but I'll take the smoothness over the the feel of the character and the camera. You're doing that way more often. Um, so I've enjoyed that. Does that impact input lag with the controller or anything like that when we turn that on? None. None that I've noticed. No. So uh, if you're playing, and I, and I think the docked experience is more stable than the handheld experience. Okay. I've played both and the handheld experience definitely, you know, as you would expect. <laughs> It's running, you know, running less. So, uh, you know, but at times also, I think shrinking the picture down to the handheld is doing a lot for the visual fidelity. So, you know, there's trade-offs either way, but that'd be probably like my only, my only real con, I guess, except for maybe that kind of clunkier side of the control scheme, which I don't necessarily as a con, it's just kind of different and I got to get used to it. You know what? I take that back. So one of the things I was thinking about with this fuse thing, well, in general, Mike, I've thought this fuse thing is like just silly the whole time. Like beforehand, I still think it's silly and I don't mean to say I don't like it. It just is very silly. I fused a boulder to my shield. And I fused a boulder to my sword. And I had like these two boulders and I was looking like Geo dude. I was like, well, this is just dumb shenanigans that we're doing here. 
it, you're right. Yeah, I mean, look, you have like a sword attached to a spear and stuff like that, and it's just this <laughs> humus, you know, humorously <laughs> giant long weapon. It is kind of funny. You're like running with it on your back, just clipping through every single ceiling you're in. It's a little silly. You get kind the of thing that I it. The thing that I miss is arrows. I don't think I dig the arrow thing. You know, I get. Go ahead, go ahead. I, it's cool that like you can fuse all the stuff with the arrows, but here's the thing that I noticed. Now, when I'm clipping it, like when I'm wanting to shoot arrows, I'm constantly pulling up like this menu to sift through like a hundred things to right. find it. Like the arrows served in the first game as a filter of those elements. Here are the six elemental arrows that you can shoot from. Now it's like, here's the 600 things you can attach your arrow. And there's been several times where like, let's say I ran out of fire or bombs or whatever, uh, jelly or whatever I wanted to shoot. And I had to scroll all the way to the other side <laughs> to find the thing. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like we should right. really be able to, can I favorite them? Can I break it down into you smaller sort of groups? Most used at least, which is like helpful for like fire arrows kind of thing. But I, I like this system. I think it's a lot of fun. It's fun to see what's, what's going on there. I do agree. It is a lot to scroll through sometimes. It and is. I'm not sure how you make that more elegant. Uh, and so many things that they've done UI wise feel so much improved. Right, the menus and the the uh, like when you hit your pause screen, you're going through your inventory and everything. I think it's so much better. I do wish. I think the best thing to do is I wish I could favorite a few. Yeah, I wish I, I could smart. check mark a couple and be like, hey, every time I click my you know arrow, I only want to bring up these ten things instead of all of these things because some right. of these things don't even apply. So some of them don't do much except like add plus one strength. Yeah, to the arrow. That's it. Right. So yeah. a lot of them you wouldn't you wouldn't use really. Okay. Um, I'm just looking through my notes here. Yeah. I mean, I could read a bunch more. I have a bunch more. We'll talk about it. We're going to be doing Zelda all week long. I don't have to say anymore. I'm don't take the, my cons as any, I'm loving the game. I mean, yeah. I played the game yesterday for like 10 hours and it was, it was definitely that game where I didn't advance the story at all. And I'm here. I am sitting at like one 30 in the morning, you know, eight hours ago, I'm sitting there like trying to unlock one more tower before bed. Um, so I'm getting lost in this adventure and it, I mean, it's, it's, they had a huge bar to, that was set with breath of the wild and it feels like they've met it, you know, who knows, but story-wise and everything, but like just some of the things that I've already seen in dragons and I'm just like, this looks, I can't wait to play more. I'm going to play yep. more after we get off the, off this podcast. Yeah. Same. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Just going to jump right back into it. Um, can I get you for you down for five or 10 more minutes? I'll give you five, 10 more minutes. Awesome. I wanted to get uh, some of these Nintendo financials out of the way. So we have to talk about on the next podcast. So Nintendo switch consoles, they are down 22%. Uh, software remains strong. They've sold a bunch of games. Uh, Furukawa seems bullish on their 15 million market, uh, 15 million mark target for the next year. Um, saying that it'll be difficult to reach that uh, in its seventh year on, on the market. Um, but we have new talks about the switch successor, which is yeah. really what I want to talk about. So Ampere and MPD, um, have both went out and published things this week about Nintendo switch Two or switch pro, whatever they're calling it. And they're saying it will not arrive until late 2024. Uh, the president spoke to investors and the Nikkei, uh, reported that Nintendo's next system was progressing well and that a launch wouldn't happen until next spring at the earliest uh, Furukawa said, we have no plans to raise prices. The yen continues to be weak and procurement costs remain high. 
Um, so we'll continue the situation carefully. They were asked specifically if they would potentially cut the hardware. And that doesn't look like happen like a price cut. Um, so ultimately, I'm reading this quickly so I can get to this. It looks like we have about 18 months, give or take, on either side of that, more with the Switch. What do you think Nintendo does to keep the Switch alive, to keep it going? Yeah, that's the question, because even if it's generous, like the best case scenario, we get spring next year, basically a year away. It's probably going to be more like holiday. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that's the big question is just even this holiday. What the heck is there? We don't know. That's why they haven't said they're going to do a direct this summer. You have to assume they are going to. It's got to be coming. Uh, My co-host believes there's a Mario game that they haven't said. Well, there's got to be a Mario game. The question is, do you use that to help tie things over? Are you saving that as your big launch game for the Switch 2? You're going to have to have at least one or two of those. You know, so the Mario team, what have they been working on since Odyssey, right? Like, uh, yeah. they, they basically have had as much time as the Zelda team, and here's the Zelda team's game. Now, the Mario team did have a little bit of a of a little bit of a roadblock in that they had to make Bowser's Fury, which was mm-hmm. like this small thing, but it was a thing that ha- had to be made. Uh, it was still so, 3D. Yeah, so like, you know, a new 3D campaign. It was using the mechanics and the physics and the engine of 3D world, but it was this whole thing, and they did make that. So maybe that cuts a year or two years into what would normally be a Mario game development cycle. And then there's all the rumors about, about uh, the Donkey Kong stuff, right? Like so that's where Donkey I am. Coming, uh, I want it to be Donkey Kong. That's what I want to have happen. I don't want I another like, Mario game right now. Right. I would like for it to happen. Now the weird thing is that the one rumor says that it is the Mario team making that. It's hard to imagine then that they would be making that instead to the point of, we're going to release a Donkey Kong game this year and have to wait another six or seven years for a 3d Mario game. There's there's not gonna be like a 10 year, 12 year gap between Odyssey and whatever Definitely people not. it's going to be. So that's confusing. But still, like something Donkey Kong makes sense because it's basically at this point one of the only major Nintendo franchises that didn't get an exclusive game on Switch. We got Tropical yeah. Freeze get ported over. And we know why this happened, the circumstances, because Retro Games, who was working on Donkey Kong Country, is now back on Metroid. Yep. So it makes sense, but uh, and that's why that rumor of them maybe talking to Activision at one point to get them to make a Donkey Kong game, and then that fell through and it came back to Nintendo. That makes sense because it's not like they would have no plans for it. They would know they sh- should probably have a Donkey Kong game of some kind. So Donkey Kong for this this holiday that would make a lot of sense. I wouldn't be shocked if it is still the new Mario game. It'd be fun if it's something weird. Uh, you know, I know you don't like it when I bring up F Zero, but I, you know, be cool if maybe F Zero is finally coming back. I, I I'd think, be excited that, I think about that's that. happening. I mean, listening to you guys and, and yeah. I read, you know, the rumors on Reddit and stuff like that, and it just seems to be everybody's convinced that that GX remake is going to be a thing. So I hope so. I think I look forward. To, I'll buy it and play it, and I look forward to maybe maybe getting. Just my memories of it back in the past is I played it. I wasn't particularly fond of it. I didn't play it for very long. I just turned it off. It wasn't my cup of tea. And I, I've always kind of felt that way about F Zero. But to be fair, I haven't played a whole lot. I mean, I basically played it when I was a kid for, I don't know, sure. a weekend well, <laughs> and quit. <laughs> for you, there, there hasn't been one since then. So. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's it's not that I, yeah, I'm not that fond with F Zero, but it'd be interesting to see if it, if it comes back. But a lot of people are suggesting that it will be. Yeah. But like, it's like, I'm not sure what other franchises are right to have like sequels again. Like, you know, Mario Kart 9, well, they're still releasing DLC. Like, Mario Kart, that seems like 
one that almost certainly they're going to say for the next Switch, if not a launch yeah. game. But now, same thing with a new Animal Crossing. We're not going to get another Animal Crossing on this Switch. We're not going to get another Smash Brothers, obviously, on this Switch. So, so many of these franchises specifically are almost designed at this point to have one release a console generation. For, you know, it's like, you know, you, you have your deck of cards and so many of those cards have been played already. So they're going to have to do things. And we could be in that situation like that one year the Wii U had where you had the Star Fox game and they almost had to kind of position it as a bigger deal than it was because it was like what they had. It was like, oh, this, we got a Star Fox game. And I like Star Fox fine. Uh, you don't want Star Fox to be your big holiday game. You don't really want to be in that position again. You think would they potentially bring those long talked about Zelda ports as a way to tide people over? I don't think so. Not in, you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm always careful to talk about these things anymore. I don't think you do that so soon after tears of the kingdom. Uh, I, no, I was thinking do that. I was I thinking next year. Yeah. Next year. Like oh if, yeah. Would you think like maybe next like spring 2020, like if they're launching, let's say they're going to launch in November 24 or let's say March 25, just that window. Do you think maybe, you know, next spring they're like, here's Wind Waker and just play that for a while? Yeah, I guess, I'm yeah, thinking past holiday. I think they absolutely could this time next year. That could be when we get those games finally. Maybe yeah, that's been some, somewhat of the plan all along here. I'm thinking if it's, I mean, if it's November 2024, that's a long time. Like we got to get through this holiday, but even there's another year there. Like there's a lot of time to fill. It is. And, you know, I think. Honestly, the truth of it might be that there's might be some dead spaces. We might have uh, a relatively slow going. Like any you know, that happens. Like as teams start working on the next console generation, the end of a console generation often is kind of slow and lesser yeah. than it just it just is sort of the reality of it. So yeah, I think things will be quieter than they have been the last several years. Uh, kind of moving ahead here, it will be things like, hey, look forward to this DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, things like that. Uh, there might be one other like little Pokemon thing, like maybe another remake or something here or there on that front. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. It, the big question for me is Mario. Are we getting Detective Pikachu? Detective Pikachu, do we? Uh, that's the big question. Mario is that this holiday or is that next Switch? Because it's going to be one yeah. or the other. So actually, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe hedge your your bet here. There could be multiple Marios. I think the Mario you're thinking about is a true Odyssey follow-up. And I'm thinking like they could just give us the tried and true Nintendo bread and butter. Here's a new 2D Mario game. Yeah, they can. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm missing 3D Mario so much more than 2D (laughs) Mario to me. But you're right. The the 2D Mario team is also a thing. And we actually haven't had a new one of those in a a very long time. Uh, So that you're right. That could absolutely also be a thing. And I sure hope they're doing something interesting with that and not just another new Super Mario. You get a couple remakes. You get a couple prime remakes. You sure. get a Mario. You get a, yeah. You know what's one thing Zero. I bet, I bet Monolith Soft will finally bring over Xenoblade Chronicles X from the Wii U at some point. I think that'll be kind of the last of the Wii U ports. Oh, I think wow. Star, Star Fox will be the one that stays on Wii U forever. Well, you think about Monolith Soft's kind of schedule here. So, you know, they did Xenoblade Chronicles 2, then DLC for it, and then a mm-hmm. remake for one with this new DLC, and then they made three, and here's three's DLC is out now. So what's kind of the next thing? Well, what's it's next? Now you're spot remaster, on. So, and X was the last Xenoblade I was really into. Yeah. I, I think I a didn't... lot of people like X, and I think a lot of people have been asking for it to come to the Switch. Why the heck not? Yeah, it's good. 
Well, that's going to do it for this week, Shackers. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to us chat about Zelda. I hope you're more importantly, I hope you're enjoying Zelda. Thank you so much, Mike, for dropping in, for filling in the huge shoes to fill. That is Rebecca. Sure thing. Um, I hope she had a fun weekend. Most of our listeners know all about you guys because I talk about you guys constantly. But for those that may not, because I'm plug all the things you do and where people can find you yes yes i am tokoto on twitter and twitch do uh last of the nintendogs on tuesday with jeff grubb and uh game Mesticides on thursday i'm the managing editor of games beat so please go to gamesbeat.com for your uh specifically and mostly financial related gaming news and information and uh, been doing a lot of stuff on Giant Bomb lately, so check out some of that fun Giant Bomb content. Watch me play this awful. I was going to ask you about the original that. Xbox. Yeah, how is that? Is it? Are you like? Um, is it like a joint custody thing? Like you just <laughs> like show up every other week? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm like I'm like uh, I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm being compensated now because like I'm, okay, basically, basically I'm helping them. Cause you know they they had the, those reductions a bit ago and they they were kind of short and I have a lot of fun doing it and they seem that's awesome tolerate my presence so when I sh- I show up I you know get a little extra on the side and I get to put on this ridiculous RoboCop mask and yeah play a bad RoboCop game and it's it's a uh, it's a good time so it's been I think it's been working out for both sides we've been pretty happy with that it's been fun great great thanks again for coming and Shackers. Get out there, go explore, go enjoy Hyrule, go build a giant flame-throwing monstrosity that wreaks havoc on the goblins everywhere. With a giant uh, dick. With a giant dick. <laughs> I was going to leave that part out and let people find it, but there you go. Um, yeah, so that'll be it. Uh, just a quick programming note, Rebecca, because it just released and everything, and because we have a bunch of PSVG folks that are going, that are all playing Zelda, Rebecca's going to join PSVG this week. So we're going to have another Shack release Wednesday night. We're going to record live. We're going to do Wednesday night. We're going to release that episode on both feeds. You're still going to get the show, but we're not going to be releasing. We're not going to be podcasting Sunday from now. So if you're hearing this, like we're not going to we'll be off this week for Sunday. So Wednesday, Rebecca will be here. You can hear all about Rebecca's thoughts about Zelda. Then we'll take the Sunday off and we'll come back the following Sunday. So that's it. Thank you guys so much. Get out there. Explore Hyrule. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Whenever you're ready. All right. This is Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening. And I forgot the line already. What? 